The Hathor Cow, Facsimile 2, Figure 5. An article by Stephen O. Smoot, John Gee, Carrie Muehlstein, and John S. Thompson. Published in BYU Studies Quarterly, Volume 61, Issue 4. Figure 5 and Facsimile 2 of the Book of Abraham, a figure of an upside-down cow, is identified by Joseph Smith with this elaborate explanation. Quote, Figure 5 is called in Egyptian Inish Goandosh. This is one of the governing planets also and is said by the Egyptians to be the sun and to borrow its light from Kolob through the medium of Kai e Vanrash, which is the grand key, or, in other words, the governing power, which governs 15 other fixed planets or stars, as also Flois, or the moon, the earth, and the sun in their annual revolutions. This planet receives its power through the medium of Kli Flos Ises, or Ha Kokalbim, the stars, represented by numbers 22 and 23, receiving light from the revolutions of Kolob. End quote. From the viewpoint of current Egyptological knowledge, some aspects of this explanation find plausible confirmation from the ancient Egyptians, while other aspects remain unconfirmed. One of the elements of this explanation which finds confirmation from the ancient Egyptians is Joseph Smith's identification of this figure as the sun. The identity of this figure is not always easy to establish, since the ancient Egyptians represented various deities and composite deities with bovine features, and because not all hypocephali consistently feature this figure. Thankfully, however, this figure is featured in some hypocephali and labeled with hieroglyphs often enough to make identifying it not impossible. The name given to this figure in some hypocephali is that of the goddess Hather, Hut. Her. Additional names sometimes given to this figure are Ihet, Et Ahat, and Mehet Weret, Mehet Weret, who are both cow goddesses commonly identified with Esis or Hather. Although this figure is not labeled in the hypocephalus reproduced as facsimile 2, it is safe to assume that it is very likely the cow goddess Hather or one of her closely associated divine emanations. One of the most important and popular goddesses in ancient Egypt, Hathor took on many roles and characteristics over the course of her worship during prehistoric times in Egypt all the way down to the Roman period some 3,000 years later. Quote, She was most commonly represented as a cow goddess. Her manifestations and associated activities were numerous and diverse, and complementary aspects such as love and hate, or creation and destruction, characterized her from the earliest stages of her worship. End quote. What's more, quote, her aspects also incorporated animals, vegetation, the sky, the sun, trees, and minerals, and she governed over the realms of love, sex, and fertility while also maintaining a vengeful aspect capable of the destruction of humanity. End quote. When represented as a cow or as a human female with cow horns, she, quote, usually bears the sun disc between her horns. End quote. This last detail, though small, is significant for Joseph Smith's interpretation of this figure. Hather, 
especially in her bovine form, is frequently, but not necessarily always, identified in Egyptian texts as the mother and guardian of the sun disk as it is reborn each morning. She is sometimes identified as both the consort and daughter of Re, the sun god, and is frequently identified as Eye of Re. She is featured prominently in one myth involving the sun god Rei, where she devours enemies with a fiery solar glare from her eyes. That the goddess Hather had an unmistakable solar component among her various divine identities and functions is recognized widely among Egyptologists. Quote, Hather was closely connected with the sun god Rei, whose disc she wears, end quote, writes Richard Wilkinson. Quote, Thus, Hather played an important role in the royal sun temples of the later Old Kingdom, and her mythological relationship with the sun god was firmly established. As the Golden One, she was the resplendent goddess who accompanied the sun god on his daily journey in the solar bark. End quote. By the likely time facsimile 2 was drawn, Hather was being identified by some ancient Egyptians as not only the mother and protector of the sun disk, but as the sun itself. Quote, like her companion, the sun god Ray, Hather was sometimes identified as a fiery solar deity. End quote. One inscription from the Hather temple at Dendera makes this identification explicit. Quote, the goddess Kikot praises Hather of the sun, Hail to you, female son, mistress of sons. End quote. Commenting on this text, Egyptologist Barbara Richter explains quote, The play on words on the root ra, son, first as the feminine singular substantive rate, female son, and then as the plural substantive ra, sons, emphasizes not only that Hather is the son, but also that she is mistress of all other solar deities. Furthermore, because Kikot is a goddess who represents primordial darkness, it is appropriate that she praises Hather as the female sun, the bringer of light. The text, iconography, and imagery of this scene in the temple allude to Hather as the rising sun at its first illumination of the earth. End quote. At the temple of Esna, this cow figure is identified as Ihet and described as follows, quote, The very great cow who gives birth to her children through her rights, the guardian of her houses who creates the two encirclers in her form of the golden cow, the great horizon which lifts up the two lights, the sun and the moon in her belly. She has driven out darkness and brought light. She has lit up Egypt by what came forth from her, she is the divine mother of Re, the sun god, who created light through her creation, who created what exists after her creation, who caused Orion to sail the southern heaven after her, who sealed the dipper in the northern heaven before her. She is the goddess of the sky, Newt, who carries the stars pertaining thereto with her orbit, who strings the bows that the Deccan stars tread in her place. End quote. The imagery in this inscription depicts, quote, a golden cow who bears or creates the two encirclers, Dibinua, or two great lights, Haiti, being the sun and moon, 
These drive out darkness, bring in light, and lighten the land. She is also connected with the stars, fixing them in their places and orbits. She is explicitly connected with the horizon, but at the same time, since she has driven out darkness and she has lit up Egypt, she is identified with the sun. Thus, this figure is horizon, sky, and sun. End quote. There is nothing obvious in figure 5 of facsimile 2 that lends itself to being identifiable as the sun to somebody who is idly speculating about what it might mean. So, while not all of Joseph Smith's explanation of this figure currently finds immediate confirmation, the fact that at least one important element of his explanation does find confirmation from the ancient Egyptians indicates that the prophet was doing something more than simply guessing. About the Authors Stephen O. Smoot is a doctoral student in Semitic and Egyptian languages and literature at the Catholic University of America. He previously earned a master's degree from the University of Toronto in Near and Middle Eastern Civilizations, with a concentration in Egyptology, and bachelor's degrees from Brigham Young University in Ancient Near Eastern Studies, with a concentration in Hebrew Bible and German Studies. He is currently an adjunct instructor of religious education at Brigham Young University and a research associate with the B.H. Roberts Foundation. John Gee is the William Bill Gay Research Professor in the Department of Asian and Near Eastern Languages at Brigham Young University. He has published extensively on scripture and ancient studies. He has served on the boards of national and international biblical and Egyptological organizations, and as the editor of an international multilingual peer-reviewed Egyptological journal. Carrie Muehlstein is a professor of ancient scripture and ancient Near Eastern studies at Brigham Young University. He received his bachelor's degree from BYU in psychology with a Hebrew minor. He received an MA in ancient Near Eastern studies from BYU and a PhD from UCLA in Egyptology. His first full-time appointment was a joint position in religion and history at BYU-Hawaii. He is the director of the BYU-Egypt Excavation Project. He was also a visiting fellow at the University of Oxford for the 2016-17 academic year. He has served as the chairman of a national committee for the American Research Center in Egypt and serves on their research supporting member council. He is the Senior Vice President of the Society for the Study of Egyptian Antiquities and has served as President. He has published and researched on Egyptological topics and Book of Abraham topics for over two decades. John S. Thompson obtained his B.A. and M.A. in Ancient Near Eastern Studies, Hebrew Bible, from BYU and UC Berkeley, respectively, and completed a Ph.D. in Egyptology at the University of Pennsylvania. After more than 25 years as an employee of seminaries and institutes of religion, most recently as the coordinator-slash-institute director in Cambridge, Massachusetts, he currently researches and writes for Scripture Central. This is an audio production of BYU Studies Quarterly, read for you by Jared Kamau and Emily Wells. BYU Studies publishes scholarly insights informed by the restored gospel of Jesus Christ. For access to additional articles, essays, and more, please visit byustudies.byu.edu.